Let us pray. God, again take these thoughts of mine, unaware of who is in front of me or the context that we meet. So therefore, more reliant than ever on your Holy Spirit to take these thoughts and somehow make them alive in the lives that we live. Meet us where we are on our journey and help us to stumble forward to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I start by saying how blessed I've been to be in Birmingham this week and um, particularly here in the Cathedral Church of Advent. Um, It's wonderful to be here and I go back to Fitzroy um, with a new impetus. Sometimes in ministry we can move along in momentum because we're so busy and we're doing what we have to do and to take a little time out and to be somewhere else with inspirational people as I've met this week and to be able to speak even in a different context has really given me a new impetus of the spirit and I look forward to going home and my congregation have no idea what's going to hit them as the advent momentum strikes Belfast. If you haven't been here on Monday and Tuesday, uh, I came here uh, a long time ago, uh, 2003, because I had a book out about the rock band U2. And somehow you guys get it more than anybody else. I have signed more books in this building, in the three times I've been here, than all the other places I've ever been in the world, all put together over all those years. So I decided when I came that I didn't have the theology that some speaking in this series have, so I would take my voice, which maybe is just taking some of these thoughts from popular culture and making them uh, lead us into spiritual truth. So we were looking on Monday at this idea that Bono has of you too. He describes interruptions of grace. He says, grace defies reason and logic. Love interrupts, if you like. The consequences of your own actions, which in my case is very good news indeed, and in my case too, Bono. And we looked at Jesus, the Word made flesh, interrupting in the incarnation, a heavenly meteorite hurtling to earth and landing gently as a baby in straw, but the whole world shuddered. Just ask Herod. And then yesterday we were looking at how the interruption of the cross... The karma of our lives. We don't get paid back what we deserve because on Good Friday, Jesus' grace interrupted. And so today, excuse me, I want to look incarnation, the cross. We want to look at resurrection as it works itself out in us being interrupters of grace. Bono in South Africa, Desmond Tutu, Uh, had him in a room around the Truth and Reconciliation Commission time and as sometimes happens in South Africa in fact often happens in South Africa you'll be sitting there and somebody will say come up and say a word so they said to you two sing a song Bono said all we could do was sing Amazing Grace a cappella and then he said but it was a good song because this story of this is a story of grace and action South Africa healing reconciliation a story of grace and action grace interrupting karma again That's what the truth and reconciliation was all about. And to take you back to that song from yesterday, Grace, the name of a girl, and the thought that changed the world. 
Our second daughter is Jasmine Grace. We took Bono literally. It's a name for a girl. But we called her that because this word is the greatest word of all. This word is God's gift to humanity and changed the world. So changing the world. What Bono's saying in this development, and I don't think he understands the development. Maybe he'll come into the website and listen to these three talks and think, oh, I knew more theology than I thought I did. But this development from his personal karma to the karma of a nation in South Africa is, I think, very important for us all to grasp. For Bono, Jesus and grace doesn't only interrupt and change the world of his personal life. It literally is there to change the world. When this song, Grace, came out, it was on an album called All That You Can't Leave Behind, in itself about the journey to heaven. And the image on that particular time of you too was a suitcase with a heart in it. You can't take with you the things you shape or fashion or make. And you need to uh, believe to see where we're going. And that was an album that came out just after the Make Poverty History campaign of the late 90s. And I was looking forward to the songs about social justice, and there really weren't any. And then Bono said in an interview, well, Grace, that's the song for Jubilee 2000. That's the song for Make Poverty History. And I went, Bono, I don't know. And then, as always, I started to think about Grace, a thought that changes the world. Not just a ticket into the kingdom. Not just the fuel of the Holy Spirit that energizes the living in the kingdom, but the constitution of how we now live in the kingdom. From now on, when God interrupts our lives by his grace, when he infuses our lives by the power of the Spirit, again, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, his grace, then we start breathing this new oxygen of grace. We treat each other by this grace. So if I read to you Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. And then, of course, we hear about the goats who didn't do it to the least of these. And they're separated. Are they not by what they did? Oh, is this an antithesis of what I've been saying all week? Is this... Against a grace-only theology? I hooked up last night with Bob Flayhart from uh, Mountain Brook. Uh, no, Oak Mountain Presbyterian and, um, and Gil from here. And we became a, a band of brothers, the junkies of grace, we call ourselves. 
So is this contradicting that? No, it's not. Because if we look at it again, what we find is that this is grace lived out. Why do we feed those who are hungry? Is it because they've earned our feeding of them? Why do we clothe those who are naked? Is it because they've achieved something that causes us to clothe them? Why do we visit the prisoner? Because the prisoner's done something that deserves our visit? No. This is God's grace for us. The interruption of God's grace in our lives. Overflowing so that that same grace that God shows me begins to relate to those who don't deserve either. We do it because of love. Because of God's love within us. Because of what has happened to us. Grace overflowing through us into the world. We go to these, the least of these, by grace, in grace, for grace. That's a thought that would change the entire world. So do you want to know those around you whose lives have been interrupted by grace? If you want to know who they are, they're not people who can preach about it with a funny accent from Belfast. They're not those who've got a theology degree in it. They're not those who can quote the scriptures. If you want to know those who grace has interrupted, then look for those who interrupt through grace and by grace and for grace in the world that they live in. We've looked at the interruption of the manger and the interruption of the cross. I think today we're on the interruption of the resurrection. I want you to imagine that interruption or even see it if you saw that wonderful movie Shawshank Redemption when Andy DeFries escapes and he goes through whatever he has to go through to escape through those pipes and there's this moment that was on the cover of the DVD back in Ireland and he bursts through the waters into this new life of freedom. The stone is rolled away. We burst through the waters of baptism, having died with the gift of God's grace on Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday, and the new life starts here. Bono sings, the shackles are undone, the bullets quit the gun, the heat that's in the sun will keep us when there's none. The rule has been disproved, the stone, it has been moved, the grave is now a groove, all debts are removed. Oh, can't you see what love has done? Can't you see what love has done? Can't you see what love has done and is doing for me? Back into the Apostle Paul very quickly from yesterday's passage. I consider everything in my righteousness that I've had in the verses before garbage that I may gain Christ and to be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Grace interrupting. Now listen to this verse. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, the participation in his sufferings, and becoming like him in his death, so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. New resurrection life. Grace dealt with me that then deals with how I relate to my wife, to my children, to my neighbor, to my city, to my enemies, to the world that I haven't seen, to the homeless, to the hungry, to the prisoner. Grace alive 
in the lives of those where grace has been an interruption. For me, that's Belfast City. It's a divided city. It's a city where love your neighbor is as it should be, a revolutionary idea. It's not a nice idea. Oh, love your neighbor. Do nice to the person beside you. It's that good Samaritan idea. It's that good Samaritan idea. It's going across the boundaries. It's going across the territories. It's loving your enemy in a divided city. What does grace look like in Belfast? How do we forgive others as Christ has forgiven us in Belfast? I got myself involved just by putting myself in the place of a coffee in the Four Corners Festival in Belfast. It's a new festival. And what we try to do is cross the corners of Belfast, the sectarian apartheid lines of Belfast. We try to move people across those lines to meet each other, to learn to love each other, for grace to interrupt. We have seen former paramilitaries standing beside British Army soldiers. We have seen those who have killed somebody's uh, father sitting beside each other telling us the story of it. We have seen grace interrupting the division, the sectarianism, the apartheid. There's one wonderful story that I want to share with you and then we'll come close to a conclusion. In the height of our troubles in 1988, in March, we had an awful 14 days. The British Army killed three IRA terrorists in Gibraltar unarmed. Now, they were there to blow up British soldiers, but they were unarmed when they were shot dead. There was a huge outcry, but at their funeral in Belfast, which was a big event, a paramilitary from the other side came to the funeral and started shooting at the gravesite. He killed three more bystanders at the funeral. We were on the edge of the abyss. The city was tense. There was hatred in the air. And on the Saturday of the funeral of those shot at the funeral, two British, soldier, British soldiers in an unmarked car, somehow, we think they got lost, found themselves in the funeral cortege, just behind it. The crowds thought, this is a repeat of the shooting earlier in the week. So they attacked the British soldiers. There was a man there, Father Alec Reed. Father Alec Reed was a priest in Clonard Monastery that my church won the Vatican Peace Prize by having a partnership with. Before my time, so I can proudly boast about that because it's got nothing to do with me. But Father Alec was there. And he got himself at one stage with his arms round both those British soldiers trying to protect them from being murdered. And they told him to get lost or they would kill him too. Minutes later he found them in an alley dying and he tried to give them a kiss of life. And he gave them the last rites. And a, photograph, a photographer just caught a photograph of Father Alec standing over these two men with blood all over his face from where he'd been trying to give them the kiss of life. They were the enemy in his world. But he was loving them because he said Jesus commands that where there's horrendous acts of violence going on that we need to bring back this grace and love of God. Here's the story though. Here's the story. Father Alec Reed was at that funeral for one reason. He was picking up a letter from the paramilitaries of what they would need before they would come into talks for a peace agreement in Northern Ireland. And when he got back to Clonard, he said, there was blood on the envelope, and I had to change the envelope. 
at the darkest moment of our troubles, when we thought we were going into an abyss, there was one man who followed Jesus to the point of risking his life. And at that moment, the dawn of our peace agreement was in his pocket. Because he was following Jesus. Because he knew no other way to live. Because grace had so interrupted his life that he needed to interrupt the life of his city. I don't know much about Birmingham, but I know we share a past. And we don't want to work and be passive about this kingdom building. We need to be active. So I want to ask you, in your city, where are the interruptions of grace needed? Where do you need to cross a corner? Where do you need to cross a divide? Where do you need to cross the enmity that God crossed to interrupt your life with grace? To interrupt other people's lives with grace? To interrupt this city with grace? Who's the least of these in your community? I was in South Africa a number of years ago. I used to take students every other year. We did three teams of students in over an eight-week period. I was exhausted. It was the last day. I can remember saying to my wife, I just need to get home. I am so tired. And we went into the home of a woman who was dying of AIDS. She was in pretty bad shape. We give her a gift. and Then someone said, let's pray for Cindy. Cindy lived about six more weeks. But as we prayed for Cindy, I just put my hand down and touched Cindy's shoulder. And as we prayed, I kid you not, I was energized in such a way that I came out and said to my wife, let's stay. What happened there in that moment? And I went back to Matthew 25. If you do this for the least of these... You do this to me. As I reached out to touch Cindy and just pray for her, I met God in the connecting part. If you want to find Jesus, you can say where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. Yeah, he is. I'm not knocking it. But where I've met him most is in those moments when I go to the least of these and I connect with the least of these and suddenly as I try to give grace... Grace interrupts my life all over again. Because I think what Jesus is saying in Matthew 25 is this is the life of the kingdom. And if you want the fullness of God, then here's where you're going to find me in Belfast today. Here's where you're going to find me in Birmingham today. Interrupt the banker's boardroom. Interrupt the Department of Health. Interrupt this unjust poverty. Interrupt this ridiculous wealth. Interrupt the cultural void. Interrupt the pop chart. Interrupt the end of the world. Interrupt the earth's new start. May I never rest without a doubt till the Sermon on the Mount gets adopted. May I deny myself, take up my cross till the entire universe is grace interrupted. Interrupt all I can't afford. Interrupt what I needlessly buy. Interrupt every new hello. Interrupt the pain of each goodbye. Interrupt the selfish self-indulgence. 
Interrupt all these distracted ambitions. Interrupt every false perspective. Interrupt our dreams and visions. May I never rest without a doubt till the Sermon on the Mount gets adopted. May I deny myself, take up my cross till the entire universe is grace interrupted. Interrupt the image in the mirror. Interrupt all judgment of others. Interrupt the walls between us. Interrupt how we treat our brothers. Interrupt sectarian stereotypes. Interrupt all the colours of skin. Interrupt my religious arrogance. Interrupt the damnation of sin. May I never rest without a doubt till the Sermon on the Mount gets adopted. May I deny myself, take up my cross till the entire universe is grace interrupted. Can we join Belfast and Birmingham with all the troubles of our past, with an an interruption of God's grace and incarnation in the cross and in the resurrection that makes us a city on a hill that shines the light of Christ across the world? Let's do it. No, let's get God and allow God to do it through us. Can I pray for you? God, give us faith to believe these truths and the right at times in our journey to ask why. God, give us the joy of life's fulfillment and the right at times in our journey to cry. God, give us the strength to carry one another and the right at times to be the one who wilts. God, give us grace interruption towards your holiness and the right to confess our guilt. Father God, show us a bigger picture of grace. Lord Jesus, play us a longer song of amazing grace. Holy Spirit, interrupt and fuel us so that the road we take is longer and deeper and more eternal than the one we've been on. Amen.